This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest Blue Wire episode of Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. Hey, hey. I'm your other host, Farbad Esnashaya from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online, your new ticket to online action. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about a couple things as it relates to the Los Angeles Clippers. There's also a couple questions we're going to answer. And we're just going to shoot from the hip because at this point, that's all we can do, folks. There ain't much else to do other than watch TV, read a book, or just go insane in your own house. I mean, if uh, if Danny Green's firing shots at the Clippers this week, we might as well fire some shots back at Danny Green. All right, let's talk about it. Give me the Danny Green ro- uh, lowdown. So Danny Green said, I mean, granted, this interview could have been done before the season shut down. There's a couple of Danny Green interviews. First one, he talked about Kawhi and how he would shut him down and how you can't really shut down Kawhi. But the other one that was more interesting is he talked about how the Clippers should be worried about facing the Lakers in the playoffs because every single game is going to be a home game for the Lakers. So what do you, I I know what I'm going to say, but what are you going to say about that? I mean, I don't think he's wrong. I think fan base wise, obviously there's more Laker fans than Clipper fans. Anyone who argues that is not sane at the moment, but it's also like, I don't think the Clippers care like this whole thing about, oh, you know, it's going to be like all, mostly Laker fans, mostly Laker fans, mostly Laker fans. Clipper fans kind of don't care for the most part. The only people who all, often talk about how like the Lakers are going to be the home team are Laker fans. Clipper fans just don't care. I mean, so there's a couple things I wanted to say about that. One, last year or last season, the Clippers only won on the road in the playoffs last year and beat Golden State, who's probably a better team than the Lakers are, twice on the road, and nobody else beat him more than that on the road, all playoffs, including Toronto, including Houston. And secondly, the Clippers are already a group of guys, like Lou Williams said, we that they, they expect to be booed in their own championship parade. Like, if somebody... If somebody expects to be booed during their championship parade, do you do you think they really care if they have home court or not? And it's like, even even then, you look at when the Clippers played the Lakers most recently, and it was a Clipper home game. Kawhi got the loudest MVP chance of the season. You know, I, I've worked every single game. That was the loudest that he got. I think the one thing that gets mixed up is anytime the Clippers face the Lakers or the Warriors in the past, or someone like that that's their rival, it's just loud. It's louder. Their fans are louder. The Clipper fans are louder than they'll be all season. The opposing team will be louder than they are all season. And it's whoever wins is the home team. 
So if the Lakers lose that game, you're really not going to hear their fans. But if they win, you're going to hear them a lot. Do you think you heard Laker fans on Christmas when the Clippers beat them? I don't think so. And that was a road game for the Clippers, technically. Here's the Danny Green quote, by the way. If the Lakers and Clippers do meet each other in the playoffs, those are seven road games for the Clippers. That is the Lakers arena. Even if they play in Staples Arena, they change the paint and all that type of stuff. Trust me, those are seven home games for the Lakers. The Clippers have to just hope and pray they don't run into the Lakers, but I think it's inevitable. So his whole entire basis of the Clippers better hope they don't better hope and pray they don't run into the Lakers is based on what the arena like floor color is, which is the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard. I guarantee you the Clippers do not give a single damn what the color of the arena is when the Clippers and Lakers are going to be playing in the, in the Western conference finals. If the season ever does resume, the Clippers aren't going to give a crap. They're not, the Lakers aren't going to give a crap either. You know why? Cause both teams are going to be at home. Technically that's both teams house and they're going to be comfortable in their own beds, sleeping, rejuvenated. And then you're just going to go play basketball. I don't think the color of the court is going to make a damn difference in who wins that series. It's going to sound kind of weird. Maybe it's a hot take, but I kind of personally don't think uh, home court advantage matters at all in the playoffs, really. Like, I, I don't think it really matters that much because you you look at, like, I don't know, you look at Cleveland, they won game seven on the road against the Warriors. You look at the Clippers game seven on the road against the Grizzlies. There's There's just, like, usually it's just the better team wins. It, at that point, seven game series, Usually it's the better team wins. I don't think it's like, oh man, they have they have home court game seven. We're never going to win that game. Unless you're in like Denver where there's an actual altitude difference. And I've actually heard players say they gassed out because they played in Denver. I don't think it matters that much. I don't know if it does to you. So there's a book called Scorecasting, which is really good. And it, and it talks about the helpful benefits of home field advantage. But the benefits of home field advantage... Like they're mostly based around two specific factors. Number one, sleeping in your own bed. Well, if the Clippers and Lakers meet in the Western Conference Finals, they're both in their own beds because the game's in LA no matter what. The other one, which kind of goes, you know, a little bit under the radar, is it's also about referees. So like referees kind of determine a lot of things, obviously. Like, and you're more prone to get better calls when you're the home team. However, it's not like it's a different arena. It's not like all the fans are different every night. Like a lot of those fans who go to game one are going to game seven or who, guys who go to four are going to five, even if they're a different, you know, quote unquote home team. So I don't think that part matters for a large portion of it. It's not like you're in another city where those fans are getting on you. Like it's, I think the whole thing's stupid. The home court thing for Lakers and Clippers does not matter to me. I think it's the dumbest like conversation going around. Yeah, I think Danny Green was just Danny Green was just trying to get Laker fans on his side and be like, "Damn, you the goat, Danny Green, you the goat." Like I think that's all they wanted. By the way, if home court advantage was really freaking amazing, must be why the Warrior or must be why the Rockets missed twenty seven straight threes in Game Seven against the Warriors. They had home court that game. They had home court that Game Seven. They should have. They should have rigged the rigs, uh, rigged the the rims the same way the Patriots rigged their footballs or something. That would have helped them. The the Warriors went on the road, won Game One and Game Seven that year against them. Yeah, and they won every game against the Clippers on the road last year too. So yeah, like I look, I do think there is some merit to home court. I don't think there's any of it in in a potential Lakers Clippers series. I just don't. I think it's dumb. Like 
if if that's why the Clippers should kind of be fearful of the Lakers, then that means the Lakers have nothing else going for them. I mean, to me, I think that series, if it happened, would be marked by guys like Avery Bradley randomly getting 20-something points. Like, that's that's how the Lakers win that series. If there's just so many games of somebody randomly going off. Or Danny Green going off for 28 on opening night and then proceeding over the next two meetings to combine for six points on two of 11 shooting. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the scariest thing for the Lakers to me is random guys who don't average certain numbers can pop off, especially in the playoffs. But like, I don't know. Danny Green's just being whack. You know, it's there's not much to talk about. So I kind of subscribe to the theory that he's just making headlines right now just to keep shit going. So uh, excuse my, I don't know if I can cuss. I'm doing it anyways, I guess. Um, We're doing it live. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll edit that out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Do you think the season resumes? So I don't know because if I'm being blunt, like America is not being smart about staying in. We're like, the dumbest country. <laughs> I don't want to go that that into it because, like, I'm a little scared to say that. But it's I'll just say like, it. It's it's just like uh, if the if the entire season was in L.A. or in California, I I would have a higher feeling of that happening. But when I see all these people still on the beaches in Florida and still spring breaking in Florida, I'm like, that's gonna make everything take forever. And I know. I spoke to a lot of Staples Center employees. Um, I wrote a piece on it, and I know the NBA's goal is July, or at least before July. That's what they hope the season can return by. And logistically, when you look at it, for July, that means you look at Staples Center, they, every arena has contracted dates that they have they can't move unless the NBA can convince them to move. But I don't think the NBA can convince other dates to move because everyone is in the same boat right now where all their stuff is ruined. It's not just basketball. So if you look at like the logistics of everything, you start in June with the hope of finishing out the regular season in June. And then in July is when they want to start the playoffs. And then in August is when you'd want to finish the entire season and go, you know, to the finals. And so with the way for Staples Center specifically, it's a little tough because they have three different teams, NBA, NHL, and then they have the Sparks, and then they have concerts. So going into the season, there's nine Clipper games left, 10 Laker games left, seven Kings games left, right? You have, what is that, 26 games left in a 30-calendar month, 30-day calendar month, and who knows, they go on the road. And then in June, you have eight Sparks games. In July, you have three Sparks games. In July, you have three contracted concerts you can't move. And in August, you have six contracted concerts you can't move. So if they want to play out the full season, just from a Staples Center standpoint, it's going to be really shortened and they're going to have a lot of back-to-backs. And I had an employee tell me that straight up. He said, if they come back and try to do a full season, expect them to have more back-to-back. Yeah, that might be the plan though, is just kind of like, look, let's just let's just pack it in and get it done kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Which is also dangerous because now you're putting your, you know, your workers at risk, not just basketball players, but workers who happen to pull like double duty or work three, four, five straight nights to make sure everything's, you know, running, uh, properly. And, you know, 
you look at it almost like the 66 game season several years ago where, you know, teams are playing back to back or back to back to backs. And, you know, the Lakers were already, to pl- already going to play a back to back to back. And, and now it's like they, they honestly, they might just need to stop the season as it is, freeze it. And whenever they pick it back up, it's the playoffs. I mean, that's an option. Uh, the option is that, or the option is playing out the rest of the season, which I know, which I've heard from people in the MBPA that that's, that's their two options. But the thing is they're being so, because this is such an unprecedented event, they're so wide open with everything that they're even willing to, you know, start the season as late as August or September, resume it, finish the season in like October, November, and then have a new start date be in like January or February and then permanently delay the start of the season to January, February. Like they're even open to that. So it's just the only thing you can do is fingers crossed that nobody goes to the damn beaches anymore and they can resume everything in June. Cause if they, if you resume stuff in June, like it really puts us in a position where we wouldn't have to delay basketball permanently anymore. There's no blueprint for this. Anyone who like, I would like to think I have some idea what they might do. Just because I'm prognosticating what might happen doesn't mean I have any damn clue what is going to happen. Like, I there, there's no blueprint for any of this stuff. There's no, like, oh, global pandemic, we know what to do. Like, no one, no, like, who knows? But what is a positive side, though, is I saw the, uh, I think it was the Asian Basketball League, the Korean Basketball League. They actually are going to start up their season again, like, next week. Uh, Korean baseball league starting up soon. I know that. So, I mean, that's one positive side. So it's like, if we can just get our, for lack of a better word, stuff together, (laughs) then it would be okay. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet online still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Blue Wire to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, that's Blue Wire. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. I wonder if Bet Online's going to start figuring out like, should we bet on who's going to wear sweatpants the whole day? Because I feel like that's a real thing. I'd be curious. They're going to start making uh, money lines on which uh, basketball player is going to get caught on IG Live. <laughs> Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm not. We're not going into that. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, is are we on? Is this live? <laughs> look, look. There. This is just such a weird time. I mean, who who do you think who do you think had the best TikTok so far? In Can the- I be honest with you? Yeah, I don't. I don't watch TikToks. <laughs> I just. I. I maybe maybe I'm old. Look at the disdain in your voice. Yeah, I just, I'm just old, man. Like, I, I literally, I, you want to know what I've been doing? Okay, this is what I've been doing. I've been playing Football Manager 2020 on my laptop. 
I've been watching movies that I haven't seen before. Like the, just the other day I watched spies in disguise, the cartoon movie with Will Smith and Tom Holland, uh, which was really good. I recommend that to people. I almost purchased onward for 20 bucks. And then I got reminded by people on Twitter that onward is coming to Disney plus on April 3rd. So I don't need to pay 20 bucks to watch it. And I've been kind of just reading, organizing stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I think this is a good, which I understand there's a lot of panic. I understand there's a lot of panic. I understand people who are panicking. I also think this is a good time to do the things that you wanted to do, but never got time to do it around your house. Whether that's organizing things, cleaning your garage, you know, just cleaning up in general, maybe reading more. I know I want to read more and I've been trying to, and this is kind of a chance for me to do it. Um, I just, the, we're, we're living in an unprecedented time. Like I understand plagues have happened before, but kind of not like this. Have you seen more movies than Tomer? I saw what he posted today. What was his list? What has he seen? He has not seen. I hope he hears this because this upsets me. Tomer Azarli, Clutch Points, has not seen 40-Year-Old Virgin, has not seen 500 Days of Summer. No big deal. Hasn't seen Inception, hasn't seen Joker, hasn't seen Juno, hasn't seen Superbad, hasn't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, hasn't seen Step Brothers, hasn't seen Up, and hasn't seen Wolf of Wall Street. Tomer, if you're listening to this, click the pause button and go start watching those movies, please. It's like he it's like he refused to see any movie that was like the pop culture phenomenon of the year or of the uh, decade. Well, I do have I do have to say I I actually have never seen 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, but I don't like that movie, so no big deal. Okay. <laughs> like, I've seen all the other ones. Like <laughs> You're not you're not missing that much if you haven't seen you know, 500 days of summer. And if anybody really likes that movie and you want to fight me, I mean, feel free to DM me and fight me, but it's like, eh, I'm not that big of a fan of that movie, but moving on. Well, speaking, speaking of missing out by a big deal though, in 1998, the Clippers missed out on Paul Pierce. And in 2020, he wanted to make it known. He told the Clippers he wanted to be picked by them. Yeah. So he actually revealed on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, which I think is a great podcast, by the way. I think they get a lot out of players. You never really hear like the Lou Williams stories and all these little fun stories you would never, ever hear. Um, Paul Pierce revealed that he wanted to be drafted by the Clippers in 1998, but they drafted Michael Olaquandi. What do you think of that? So Michael Olaquandi is a point of contention with a lot of Clipper fans. And I understand he did have some good years. I do want to point that out. And then you look at some of the players taken after Mike Bibby went in second, Antoine Jamison fourth, Vince Carter fifth, Larry Hughes was eighth, but then you get to Dirk and Paul Pierce at nine and 10. And look, it would have been awesome if the Clippers selected Paul Pierce at number one, just because of what Paul Pierce turned into. But that's also a huge what if game because maybe Paul Pierce never turns into Paul Pierce because he went number one to this to the hapless Clippers. Like you never know. Yeah, I mean, I just think that statement in itself is so Sterling Sterling era Clippers, where you're like, oh, that's another guy they missed out on, and it just kind of reminds me of like teams like the Wolves too, where it's like at least that's not the situation anymore. But like that wouldn't surprise me, you know? They could have drafted Paul George. They could have drafted a lot of guys. So. Yeah, it's always, you know, like when they picked Aminu, you know, it was like they could have picked, you know, like Hayward or something. Or I, that, I believe that was the George draft too, right? Yeah, Aminu is who they picked over Paul George. 
Yeah, and I remember I have a tweet from Paul George where he said he wanted the Clippers to pick him. So it's like, and he replied to me on that tweet, which was the funniest part. Um, it's just I don't I don't you you know what it is. You want to know why I hate doing this too? Is because it causes ripple effects, not just with that team, but everywhere. And it's like if the Clippers take Paul Pierce, and the Clippers are really good for so long. They don't get Blake Griffin, which doesn't get them Chris Paul, which, you know, all this other stuff, which might not get them Kawhi Leonard and blah, blah, blah. Like all these other like little ripples that go as like, who knows, man? But I will say they did goof a lot. <laughs> like, they did goof a lot of picks. They did. They did. Like, uh, like they just, I don't want to, man, why am I talking about this? <laughs> it, make, like, it makes can- me sad. Like. We can move on and do some fan questions. Well, I mean, like, because there was the year in 2002, they picked uh, Chris Wilcox and uh, Melvin uh, Eli. And it was like, in 2001, 2001 was one of the most prudent things they ever did. They had the number two pick and took Tyson Chandler, but then immediately traded him to Chicago for Elton Brand. That was one of the greatest things that franchise this franchise has ever done. And I do want to give credit, because that was one of the greatest moves I think a team's ever made. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't dispute that. You know, I mean, yeah, they took Yaroslav Korolev and, and Al Thornton and Aminu and Reggie Bullock and C.J. Wilcox and Bryce Johnson, who don't get me started. But it's like, also, I kind of like forgive a lot of them because, I don't know, like, things change. So much happens over a time period that I, I can't fault them, you know, so it, it is what it is. You know, you know which draft pick they had that had the coolest name of all time? Go ahead. Yes. The coolest name of all time? The best name of a draft they've ever gotten. Is it uh, Greek Shack? Baby Shack? No, Diamond Stone. Best name. Oh, yeah. The the center from Maryland. Yes. That's that's a ridiculous name. I actually, I actually liked him. I actually liked him as a prospect, but he just, you know, he was way too raw. Raw Diamond Stone. <laughs> yeah, raw, raw, yeah. He was a lump of coal that couldn't be pressured into a, a diamond. Your, these dad jokes gotta go. I'm sorry. Gotta, gotta this, is, this, this is what quarantine does to me. All right. So I I asked people sending questions. We got three questions. All right. Number one, uh, this is from at Lord Ham Mercy, which is a great name on Twitter. Oh my god. All right. My only question is if the season is over and we start the next season, what does the lineup look like next year for the Clippers? So Beverly's locked in. George and Kawhi are locked in. Zubats is locked in. There's your four starters. Uh, Marcus Morris is a free agent, but I think they're just going to re-sign him. So that'd be the fifth guy, right? Yeah, I think they want to re-sign him. And then Trez, I think Trez is the biggest question mark. You know what's weird? This post, I'll call it a postponement of the season, has hurt him, Montrezl Harrell, because this is his free agent year. And now it's not even like a full season of film and now it gets interrupted and we don't know like what to expect. Like you, like who he is when he comes back is not going to be who he is or who he was when the season was going on. So it's like, which guy do you believe? And that goes for every player. This free agent period, if, you know, if the season ends and, you know, they do the postseason or whatever, and then they could jump right into free agency, it's going to be very weird. I mean, everything about the season is going to be weird. Yeah, that ain't that the truth. All right. Uh, the the second question comes from at Dragon Sleeper. Great wrestling name, which we will get into in a second. 
if the season ends up being canceled, what do you give the Clippers grade wise grade wise as a whole? I'll say A. Say like B plus A minus. Like ah, like A minus. A minus is better. Like they did really well. They did really well. I mean, they're still the second seed. The problem is just the Lakers did so well, you know? The only thing that I dock them for is there's just so many there's so many good wins, but so many bad losses where I'm like, how do you lose to the Hawks like that? Like I looked at the standings the other day, I think, and it was like every single bottom team in the West, they lost to. Every single one, I think it was. Except the Warriors. The Warriors are the only one they didn't lose to. And it's And they almost lost to them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you lost to the Pelicans, you lost to the Kings twice. They lost to the Timberwolves when the Timberwolves scored like 140. Yeah. They lost to the Suns, which was the third game of the year, which I'm not going to give them crap for. That one didn't count. Yeah, I'm not going to give them crap for. Uh, They lost to the Spurs when both PG and Kawhi were playing, which was weird. Uh, They lost twice to the Kings. They lost to the Pelicans in Paul George's return game, but Kawhi wasn't there. But it's like, even if Kawhi isn't there, you shouldn't lose to the Pelicans, in my opinion. They shouldn't. The Pelicans were missing everyone that game. Yeah, they were without Lonzo and Ingram, right? Yeah, Lonzo, Ingram. Alan Zion, obviously. Zion uh, and some others. I just remember, because I remember that game. The injury report was so big. I tweeted it out and everyone was like, what? And that's how I remember. But either way, you know what? That game was actually really funny because I was watching it. I was streaming it on my phone and I'm in Fullerton and I'm crossing the street. And this this guy just starts coming at me and I'm like, what is going on? This guy starts coming up to me. He's like, hey, you're that Clipper guy, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, what's up? And he's like, "He's like, I love you, Tomer. I'm a big fan. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, yo, that's the other bearded Clipper guy, but I'll, I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Now he also asked. So I'll, I'll, I'll let me finish. So I, I agree with A-. minus. That's a good one. I give them A- minus because they're still second in the West. They've had some good wins. Yes, they have some bad losses. But they navigated their injuries, and they're still second in the West. Like, I think that counts for something. And the good wins were really good, too. Like, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be the Lakers opening night without PG. Like, there's a lot of wins like that where you're like, damn, they beat these guys without this guy? Like, I think that those those are easy to forget, but they should overshadow the bad losses. The, the other win that was really impressive was that win in Indiana oh, when... Yeah. Kawhi was out. I think Lou was out. Maybe I might be wrong on that, but I know for a fact Kawhi was out. It was the second night of a back-to-back, and PG was going off and just carrying them. And they drubbed Indiana, and Indiana's a good team. Yeah, Indiana beat the Lakers. So. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, all right, so his second question from Dragon Sleeper. This is a wrestling question. I know you don't come to this podcast for wrestling, but we are going to talk about wrestling for a second because it's a form of entertainment, and we're here to be entertained. Do you think the utilization of DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, in WWE was solely because he was an ex-WCW guy? You can go first. Yes. So it's weird because when DDP debuted in WWE, his first like feud was with The Undertaker. And if you're feuding with The Undertaker, it's not really like a bad thing. That's like a high respect thing. But I, I felt like his run was kind of lame lame that was the word i will go the game lame. His, his run was pretty bad because it went down south really fast so it's either two things one they just treated him the way he did because he's a wcw guy or two 
Which is highly likely because you look at Sting and Sting still lost at WrestleMania. It's like, why would you ever have Sting lose his debut match at WrestleMania? But, or the other thing is he could have pissed somebody off while he was there. Because you never know, especially back in those days, it was so easy to trigger people. Like, if you didn't shake somebody's hand, you're changing in the hallway, you know? Right. So I think it was one of the two, but even when he came, the ovation was so big that it couldn't be denied, but they still had JR put him down on the commentary. If you listen to it, he keeps going, DDP's a sicko, DDP's a sicko, and he's the one stalking Undertaker's wife. And even then, like, why is DDP in an angle stalking the Undertaker's wife? Like, what a weird... It, it's... It's just kind of silly because he called himself the people's champ. And it's like, well, The Rock calls himself the people's champ. Why don't you just have the people's champ versus the people's champ? I don't know. And it was weird because like later in the feud, DDP reveals that he didn't even care about The Undertaker's wife. He only did it to like make an impact and take on the quote unquote biggest dog in the yard. Like that's a weird feud. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of those things where it also, you know what it could have been? Is an, I've heard this through numerous people that the way Vince operates is once somebody reaches a certain age, he kind of looks at everybody like oh, it's a toy that he's playing with. And once they reach a certain age, he's just kind of like, oh, they're really old. Like, I don't really, I don't really care for them. And so it's, it's something I actually just heard on Jericho's podcast where most recently with Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy is really over, he's still very over, but Vince just doesn't want to use him because he thinks he's old. And Jericho had mentioned Vince had never learned from the fact that in WCW when WCW was kicking WWE's ass in 1996, Vince considered Hulk Hogan old and he considered Macho Man Randy Savage old and a lot of these guys old. And it was those same old guys that helped overtake the ratings and form the NWO and show that they could still do something cool. So I think he still, he, he was probably resigned to that fact that like, Oh, you have to remember, like, when DDP was popular in WCW, he was already 40 years old. He was already old. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't, He wasn't like, 30. Yeah, he was, like, mid-40s. So I think he probably just thought he was old, and he just didn't want to be convinced otherwise, too. All right, so speaking about wrestling real quick, two questions. We'll start off with this one. Are you looking forward to WrestleMania this year with everything going on? Yeah. I mean, it sucks because you want to hear Drew McIntyre have an audience especially for if, if he wins. But on the other end, it's like, man, like there's really not much on TV and like watching wrestling that's been on during the week in these empty arenas. Like I'm so appreciative of those guys. Cause it's like, at least there's something live to watch, you know? Cause at some point you're just like, I don't want to watch movies anymore. I want to watch some kind of live sports or live entertainment. And these are the, this is the only option we have. So I'm very excited about it still. All right, what match at this year? So I'll run down the match card real quick just for people who don't know. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Yes, Goldberg is still around and wrestling, and he's the champion for the WWE Universal Championship. John Cena against The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in what might be one of the oldest matches in WrestleMania history. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Then there's Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Dana Brooke versus Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. It's a six-pack elimination match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. And finally, the other announced match for now 
is the tag team championship for SmackDown, which is the Miz and John Morrison against either the New Day or the Usos. So of those nine matches, what are the two you are most looking forward to? It's going to be a weird wild card pick. I'm kind of excited for, I'm pretty excited for Goldberg versus Ro- uh, Roman, just because I'm like, what's going to happen there? Like, are these guys just going to spear each other the whole time? Like, I'm just like curious, like, where is this going to go? You know? Yeah. And I kind of wonder how long they're going to let that match go just based on everything. It could be awful, but I'm still very interested in like, where, how is this going to go? Um, KO versus Seth, I'm like not that excited about because I've seen that match like 800 times now. Um, Drew versus Brock should be very fun. I think that'll be a very fun match. I wish a crowd was there for that match. And I hope Taker versus AJ is good. Um, just because every time Taker's come back, he's gone against some other big guy or an old guy. Right. And AJ is going to be the one guy who can just fly around and do whatever he wants around Taker. And that's not a situation I don't think Taker's been in in a minute. So I'm I'm very curious what's going to happen when you put an older Undertaker against a guy who can literally bump and fly anywhere. So Taker and AJ combine 96 years old. It's not 100. It's not 100. Which speaks volumes to AJ because AJ's pretty old and he still goes like he's like 20. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I believe this will be the eighth oldest WrestleMania, WrestleMania singles match in history. What is the oldest? Like Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon? That's the second oldest. By 10 years, it is it is second oldest. Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon? That is the oldest. I got it. And then, and then hilariously, third is Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. Random. I forgot about that match. So the two matches I'm really most looking forward to, which sounds weird, I'm looking forward to Becky versus Shayna because they've built Shayna up so much. And I feel like Becky's thing is like she's started out as like this underdog and now she's kind of cocky. She's John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. She's John Cena and she wins no matter what the odds are and all this stuff. But Shayna's a killer. Shayna, Shayna's legit and she's out there for blood literally. And, um, I think that's just going to be the match where I think Shayna like takes the title and like they strap a rocket to her because she's believable. I think what wrestling lost a lot of was believability with some people, but Shane has got it. The other match, weirdly enough that I'm really kind of pumped for is Cena Wyatt only because if Bray Wyatt beats John Cena, does John Cena go back to the uh, thugonomics? I don't know. I just, I hope Bray Wyatt wins because he needs to win. That's like, that's all I can say about that match. Like, don't you dare have that match and have him lose. He, yeah, he, yeah, that's for sure. My other question, and we'll end on this and then we'll cycle back real quick. But my final question to you about anything wrestling right now what's your favorite WrestleMania match? Stone Cold versus The Rock. I mean, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13. Really? Yeah. That's like top five greatest match of all time to me. The storytelling in that match is incredible. Storytelling, and if, if, you, if you watch the commentary of them talking about the match, everything is so perfect where literally nothing is a wasted motion and everything is to get to point A to point B to point Z to point D with no fluff to set something up. And like, do you know how, how much of an impossible task it is 
to ask like Bret Hart, who had just returned a year before and is the face of your company, to go in as a babyface and then have Stone Cold, who's like the biggest dick in the company as a character, and then emerge as the next greatest babyface at the end of the match and to do a double turn. Like that's so hard. That's the thing. They executed a double turn, which is like almost impossible. I think my favorite match is HBK angle at 21. Yeah, that's a really good, that's, that's something you show people when you want to convince people to watch wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. Either that one or the rock for stone cold or the TLC match. Like those are the matches you show people when you want to be like, Hey, watch this. If you've never seen wrestling yeah. before. I mean, at this point, it's the only thing we got to watch right now because it's not like there's basketball anymore, at least for now. Well, speaking of basketball, the Clippers are going to re-air all their old games, too. So if you miss the Clippers, you could go back on Prime Ticket and watch them. You can't go back on Prime Ticket and watch them if you have YouTube TV, though. Oh, I have no idea. I do not. I'm not from the future. I don't have YouTube TV. See, I use YouTube TV. I love it. And then the Fox Sports thing happened with Sinclair and... All that happy stuff, but look, man, basketball's not happening for right now, but it can happen in our mind. We could act like, like tonight, there wasn't supposed to be a Clipper game. Like this was like one of their scheduled days off. They would have uh, played Phoenix on Friday. And then like today would have been, they would have two days off and then they would be in New York tomorrow to play the Knicks. Like if nothing changed or whatever, that would probably would have been a beat down, wouldn't it? You would like to think so, but all season they weren't really beating down the teams they should have beaten down. But it looks like they were going to, and that's what sucks about um, that's what really sucks about the season stopping is because the Clippers were really on a roll. Like they looked really good the post All Star break. So it's just kind of a bummer because now you don't know when the season comes back how are they going to look. If the season were to stop now and they just go right to the postseason when they return they would not have played a single game against the Brooklyn Nets. Huh. That's right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, look, man, it's wild time. All I keep saying is wild times we live in. Wild time, Like, it's just wild. Like, I never thought I would see the middle of March and there just wouldn't be basketball. You're telling me, man. In one day, everything was canceled. It's, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. Um, we are, we are going to be back, uh, in a few days or next week. Um, I am working on an Evita Zubats video about his rim protection. If anyone's interested in that, uh, that'll be up in the next couple days. Farba, what are you working on anything? I mean, I just published a piece. So we're going to start introducing new weekly things, but first of all, in the, in the case of Zubats, I'm trying to figure out if he's watched the newest star Wars movie. I'm trying to figure that out. Like that's priority. Number one I think he did. Um, but I'm going to start introducing new weekly pieces. So once a week, just during the during this postponement, at least once a week, we'll have like a throwback Thursday game of the week. The first game I picked was game seven against the Spurs, because I think that's the greatest Clipper game of all time. Um, another thing I'm going to start doing is reviewing players performances before the season stopped. So the first one we did was Kawhi and we gave him an A, obviously. And then recently today, what we just launched or on Friday at the time of recording this was, or sorry, not Friday, Sunday, Sunday at the time of recording this, um, I'm going to start interviewing celebrity fans and figure out how they became fans of the Clippers, just because it's like, how do you end up becoming a fan of the team that has 
not really any Hall of Famers that are like the Laker Hall of Famers and has no championships. Like, how do you end up becoming a fan of that team? We should get some of them on here. Oh, the 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 fans. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'd be hard. Uh, the first one I put, which just launched maybe an hour or two ago, uh, was the WWE superstar Rusev. We could have had him on this damn episode. Probably if I if I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? Although he does do no social media Sundays. So he's I don't think he, I don't know if he would do it today. All right, you know, I want him for Saturday. I'll I'll shoot him a text. That's what's up. Look, it's going to be a while before the season resumes. Obviously, you know, like we talked about, they're hopefully aiming for July or just before. But we don't know. And that's kind of a scary thing is like, we just don't know, you know, I mean, but I'll, I'll keep asking around. And so if I do know, you, you'll hear it here first. There we go. I am Justin Russo. And on behalf of my co-host, Farbad Esnashari, hey, this hey. has been the, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> that should be our thing. We should be good at every podcast. I just with, did it hey, to hey. troll you. I just did it to troll you. Is it because you notice that every time I start, I say, hey, hey. I don't know. I just noticed it this time. <laughs> Okay. Well, on behalf of us, the two guys who love Clipper basketball and talked about wrestling for a little bit, I hope that didn't bore anybody. Look, everyone take care of each other. Uh, We're all we got during this time. Look out for you and look out for your loved ones. Social distance as always. Keep six feet from people. Just look out for each other. Stay one Chris Paul distance away from each other. Five feet, ten inches? according to you know the official stat lines he's like six whatever but yeah that should be my listed height is six whatever yeah yeah that's that's what i'm gonna start hi i'm i'm justin so i'm i'm six whatever you know (laughs) just just go with that that should be a driver's license thing six whatever like you know the little uh i forget what it's called the little squiggly line on the keyboard like the approximately line that goes on your dating profile what's your height six whatever (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah there you go i'm i'm about i'm about you know six whatever we'll just go with that but uh everyone take care of each other ask every ask your friends how they're doing you know this is a tough time for people locked you know i'm said locked inside like it's not prison even though it might feel like it at times you know just check on people ask how they're doing make sure they're okay and just you know just try to look at the positives of things you know like you're still here you're still healthy You know, just do your best to make sure that, you know, you keep everyone else safe and you don't put anyone else in danger, you know? So, look, we love you guys. We love you guys for listening. I'm Justin Russo. I'm Farbaud Esnachari. We'll catch you guys next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.